Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. You guys, welcome to Drinking Bros Sports Tailgating Legend Show. Uh, this show is going to be full of shenanigans. It's St. Patrick's Day. We're all wearing green. We're double fisting beers. Uh, we've got green rum coming from Instill Distilling Company. And I have no idea what today's show is going to bring to you because we've been drinking since breakfast. That's the only way to do it on I'm St. I'm not even Day. proud of myself. Um, we are in between. We, there's a bunch of live music coming on right now uh, or in the next two hours. So we, it's kind of a downtime inside the Instill Distilling Company's facility. And uh, we're gracious and, and blessed enough to be able to use it today. So big shout out to Instill Distilling Company. Uh, we, you know, the cool thing about Instill Distilling Company, not only do they sponsor this show, uh, but there's always these magnificent people who show up. Um, and with us today, we walk through the door unplanned. I swear to God, this is unplanned. Bowser Most Joe. things are with us. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, but uh, Dan Harlan and Sarah LaFont just walked in the door. Uh, Dan Harlan, if you look him up on YouTube before he comes on this show, uh, but Dan Harlan is known as doing more magic than any other magician in the history of magicians. He also fooled Penn and Teller, on, which I love that show, by the way. Um, have you ever seen the Penn and Teller ma- magic shows? Are you more of a pen guy or a teller guy? Uh, I like the one that talks a lot. Yeah, I'll go because I talk a lot. Um, but uh, he, he fooled him. He stumped him. It was uh, uh, magnificent. Sarah LaFont's got one of the greatest minds, uh, uh, photographic memories of all time. And, and she actually did a thing on Pi Day where she did some things by memory. And I, I, I cannot believe they walked in here today into our facility on St. Patrick's Day. I'm blown away. What, the luck. Luck of the Irish. Wow. Luck Look at that. We don't even have a real Irishman here, Irish but we can pretend luck. for now. And Ooh. let's not forget that during that Pi Day sequence of events, you did dress as a clown. I yeah I did. That uh, cannot go without being said. That video's on YouTube. I lucked out and got to just diddle on the guitar for a little bit while you were dressed as a clown. You look good as a clown, though, especially in all yellow. There, I really complimented your bone structure and. Yeah, originally it was sold to me that I was gonna have to wear a banana hammock, which is a thong. Ooh. Which I'm a hash runner. If there's any other hash house harriers out there, uh, my nickname was Banana Hammock uh, because I ran in a banana thong. So I thought I was gonna be dressed as a clown wearing a thong. That didn't what happen. What a saint that would be, huh? <laughs> Jesus. I'm glad kid, that didn't happen. It was a kid-friendly show, but uh, I'm excited to be here with you, Boston Joe, today uh, on St. Patrick's Day. We do have a chef. It's my wife, <laughs> Chef Ashley Tansy. Um, where is she? We don't she, know. Where is she? <laughs> She's making shepherd's pie mm. because it's St. Patrick's Day, and what would the tailgating show be without food? And so we'll get her on here in a little while, and she'll tell us all about the shepherd's pie. Until then, I'm going to pound these beers. What's, pound uh, What you got going on today there, Boston well, Joe? Well, we should beware the Ides of March. We're going to do a little history lesson today. I know that Drinking Bros just had a, a new show, forgetting the exact name of it right now, but they have a history show now that they're going to go through all the depths. Iconic the Blast. Iconic Blast. That's it. A plug. Trying to plug it and don't even know, plug, <laughs> don't even know the name. But they're a part of the Drinking Bros family like us, so I'm sure they'll cover people like Julius Caesar, who was warned of the Ides of March. So a little history lesson here that we're going to dive into as you indulge on your uh your I'm in beers baby i can't um, get enough so shakespeare kind of romanticized this whole story of the ides of march but it is based off of a true mutiny within the uh the roman empire with uh your boy julius caesar yeah. and uh he was he was warned by a soothsayer also known as some sort of a um priest or wizard of some sort someone who can foresee the future to beware the ides of march and um apparently as legend goes, Julius Caesar's wife the night before had a really bad dream that the walls and the ceiling were caving in on her and Julius, and she woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't get back to sleep. So they didn't know it, but it was their last night together, and they spent it together all night, which is very nice that yeah. he got to spend his last days with his, his woman. 
But you think when, they fornicated? Um, I hope so. Yeah. I really do because yeah. that was the last night he was on this earth, as far as we know. And um, if he didn't uh, didn't get to have a little sex before then, that'd be a bummer, and I'd probably be the first regret he would he would have when that first dagger went into him. Man, I shouldn't have had a headache last night. <laughs> well, the thing is, Julius Caesar heard heard this warning beware the ides of march and march 15th is the ides of march and he shows up and he sees the soothsayer and he goes the ides of march have come yeah big swinging dick yeah. saying what what's next and yeah. the soothsayer said ah see that they fuck did fuck around and find out <laughs> yeah well he said they have come but they have not gone and shortly after that there was a mutiny within the roman empire they you know caesar's boys at least so he thought Stabbed him in multiple places, including the groin, which I'm sure that was the worst one. Yeah. But I guess it wasn't the death blow. And um, a civil war ensued after, and it was um, definitely a component to the fall of Rome. So beware the Ides of March. Yeah, uh, I guess because today is March 15th. Well, no, today is actually the 17th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the 15th was what just a couple days ago. What does that have to do ago. with St. Patrick's Day? Well, it's because it's St. Patrick's Day came along a little bit later. This is before. So oh, the okay. whole mystique of March being some sort of special month, in my oh, opinion, okay. has um, gone on for a long time because it's kind of a rebirth, right? You know, they, they say it's in like a lion, out like a lamb, especially in Massachusetts. North Carolina might be a little different. But I think March is kind of the rebirth of the earth, oh. rebirth of earth, especially if you're in this hemisphere where it's, it's spring. And, you know, a lot of people uh, think with winter, yeah. the world dies for a little bit. Especially if you're up in Boston in the cold, and then it is reborn in March. Man, we just, this show just got really spiritual. Um, <laughs> wasn't expecting to go there on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, but we will. We'll go everywhere on St. Patrick's Day. But the place to be on St. Patrick's Day, and I know from experience, okay. you referenced drinking since breakfast. I have done that before on St. Patrick's Day. And, you did um, it today. I watched you. <laughs> you had fucking beer and eggs. <laughs> beer and eggs, baby. Beer battered eggs. That's an Uncle Robert special. Shout out to the late great Uncle Robert. Um, but in Boston, it is a huge holiday. It's probably the biggest holiday in all of Boston when everyone pretends they're Irish. When Yeah, who cares, maybe? Know, who cares is right. Just wear green and kiss everyone is kind of what goes down in, in the streets of Boston. And ever since maybe 17, I want to say, I don't want to encourage underage drinking. But when I was about 17, it's, it all started where everyone would... Beer battered eggs, right? Get super drunk before 9 a.m. Yes. Take the train into Boston. It's absolutely packed with people, okay. loaded. This okay. is pre-COVID when, you know, people could do yeah. that. And um, everyone just goes to the parade and walks around. You really can't get into any of the bars. It's way too crazy. And it's also too crazy to find a place to uh, urinate. And if everyone in the city is, is drinking all day, there's yeah. going to be a lot of people that have to pee. Yeah. Especially me. I got to pee every 20 minutes. We, as we, we know that from as the we show. Know, you right? have to get up in the middle of every show and pee. So one funny. We actually, Noel and I have over-unders on uh, which minute mark you're going to actually get up to go pee in. <laughs> and so do the, the viewers out there, too. Um, a little funny story is, you know, sometimes you would find little alleyways to get some privacy or not to, uh, to urinate during yeah. St. Patrick's Day in the streets of Boston. And. One time I was blessed with the presence of a, a young lady who, while I was midstream, oh. pushed me a little bit, got a little bit on my feet. That's okay. Uh. Drops trow and just squats on down and pees. And she said she was gonna, but I didn't believe her. So when I turned, I got the full spectrum of what I was looking at. A little grossed out, and it's um, something that will never leave my memory banks. And that's my favorite and least favorite St. Patrick's Day memory. Look, All in one. I, I've, I've, you know, pee, pee, the girl peeing on the uh, ground. 
Um, I also have a peeing story. Look, this is not what Drinking Bros Tailgate Legends is all about, but <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to tell a story anyway because I like to shame myself and, and, and like Boston. You know, I, don't, I do have a dad and you don't have a father. Um, and I, because I have a father and I was blessed with a father for such a long time, I like to disappoint him on purpose. Yeah. And you wish you had a father just that you could get approval from. I have a great dad, but I live to disappoint him. You do have a great dad. Um, which is pretty fucked up, but that's what I like. When my dad gives me that look of like, God, I can't believe I raised that. Like, I'm excited for that like that's what fucking that's gets the man though he's pretty fucking cool and his name is darby tansy doesn't get any more irish than that um but i was in las vegas uh and i was in the military at the time and i was the youngest guy with the group that i was with in the military and um we had a, an, an accident an incident at the training in arena where we we burnt down the training field that we were working on and so Oops. they were like fuck it uh las vegas is four hours that way los angeles is four hours that way and the moonlight bunny ranch is three hours that way just be back on a plane by friday um i had a new girlfriend which i'm now married to to her now she's my now wife and i said well you know i gotta play it safe and so there was this one guy he was um the second uh the, he was a, i was the lowest rank and he was the second lowest rank and sometimes the second lowest rank guys like to be even harder on the lowest rank guys right they're trying to fluff those feathers like the assistant me. manager yeah, yeah, the yeah, manager yeah. Type, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he was like yeah let's go to the fucking moonlight bunny ranch and you know let's do that and i was like well they're like, what are you going to do, Tansy? And I was like, well, I, I'm going to go to Vegas. I've never been, um, I, you know, I didn't want to say I'm in love, but I was like, I'm going I'm to go to but Vegas. you were. Right? I was. I'm going to go to Vegas. So they were like, well, shit, dude. Yeah, I'm married. I should probably go to Vegas with you. And so then the other guy was like, fuck it. If you guys are going to Vegas, I'm going to Vegas. So this other guy, and I'll call him Danny. Danny was like, well, fuck that, man. This, you guys are all a fucking bunch of pussies. I want to go fucking get my dick wet in Moonlight Bunny Ranch, but fuck it. I'll follow you guys to Vegas. So he follows us to Vegas. We get to Vegas, and they're like, where are we going to stay? Where are we going to stay? And he's like, let's stay at the fucking Bellagio. Let's like fucking dicks out for Harambe. Let's go to the Bellagio, baby. And I'm like, well, eh, you know, that's cool, guys. Look, I'm going to save my money. I'm going to cut it back. I'm going to stay at the New York, New York. They got a little special. $69 a night. 69 happens to be my favorite number. Nice. I feel like I was called to be there. And the other dude was like, you know what, dude? I could save some money too. I'll fucking, I'll, I'll share. You want to go halvesies? And I was like, let's go halvesies, honey. And then the other dude was like, hey, you guys got room for three. We're not going to be in our room very much anyway. I was like, fuck, more the merrier. Now we're down to like $20 a night. I'm fucking game on, right? So they come in, they stay in my room, and the other guy, Danny, he was like, man, fuck y'all. I'll go stay at the Bellagio by myself because this is you know, one time in Vegas. I'm going to fucking live it up. Yeah, go ahead, homie. So he goes and stays at the Bellagio. Well, that night we all get dressed. We all meet down in the uh, in the foyer, the foyer, whatever you call it. You got to be fancy as fuck in Las Vegas. You get down there, and he was like, where are we going? I was like, you know what? He, he was like, let's go to the strip club. Let's go get fucking, let's go watch some strippers, man. There's some great strip clubs. And I was like, eh, you guys go ahead. I'm going to just walk the strip, man. I've never been here before. I just want to see what this place is about. I want to just soak it all in. I'm just going to walk up and down. And he was like, fuck that. I'm going to the, the strip club. And the other guy was like, yeah, I'm married. I've never been to Vegas. Tansy, I'll go with you. I'll go with you and walk the strip. And the other guy was like, you know what? I want to join you guys. So again, this Danny guy, he's going to the strip club by himself. And whatever. So, uh, you know, fast forward a couple of days, we're in a hot tub. You know, I'm fucking drinking some uh, painkillers, some pina coladas. And uh, these girls, they roll in, right? And we're, we're all special operations. So, uh, you know, we like to tell people that, you know, th that we're not special operations guys. We got the long hair, fucking chiseled abs, like like straight out of Spart Spartacus or whatever that movie is. 300? Yeah, 300, <laughs> yep. Um, and so we're sitting there in the hot tub. And these girls are like, oh, my God, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> and we're like, we're here on a business trip. And they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, we're tactical toilet paper dispensers to the front lines of America. So we're contractors. We fly out to Iraq and Afghanistan. We talk to the troops about the toilet paper, see what kind of their needs are. 
kids are, if they need thicker ply, lighter ply. They're like, no, that's so cool. You never think about that. Like troops need toilet paper. And like, there's got to be somebody that helps them out. And we were like, yeah, that's a, so we're having a great time. They have, and when they're smoking hot, right? They're wearing thongs with the little skimpy bikinis. They look beautiful. You do too, honey. My wife just walked in with the shepherd's Perfect pie. Perfect time. Her timing Perfect is impeccable timing. as well. She knows this story. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, flirting with these girls. And they're like, we've got a reservation at this steakhouse, a really famous steakhouse where all the, the uh, uh, celebrities sign the walls and shit. And so uh, they, they invite us out to dinner. We go out to dinner with them. And like, I'm starting to get scared because one girl's falling for me, right? She thinks I'm cute. I know I'm not going to be able to bang her because I got a girlfriend at the time. And um, so anyway, we go all to the Caesar's Palace uh, to go gambling. And we Full run into circle this, on Caesar. Yeah, right we there. run into this Danny <laughs> character. And he's like, what the fuck? What's up, guys? Like, where you been? I've been out fucking slaying pussy for like a week straight. And da -da -da -da, like just going on. We're like, cool, man. We're just here shooting craps at the craps. And he's like, who are these ladies? And they're like, oh, you know, they're, they're hanging out with us. They're on a business trip, too. And he was like, what do you mean they're on a business trip, too? You guys aren't on a fucking business trip. We're like, we are tonight, homie. Cover he's like, blown. no, no, no. You guys, you know. So he tells the girls, yo, dude, these guys are special operators man these guys are real big dick dudes you know i'm um, trying to toot his own horn i'm like man you fucking why like why you gotta do that shit man, we we're having spot. a good time so later that night i go to the bathroom ties into your pee story and i'm peeing in the urinal and you know how the urinals are at vegas there's they're fucking like 20 deep lots of how many i mean whatever i'm not even gonna go into Is how many people are pissing you'd it. Call no it no or? no it's not a trough it's just you know urinal 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 sure. urinal and who knows how many people have peed in that urinal because they're drinking all day and so i pull my penis out and i'm peeing like a normal gentleman like a nice modern gentleman and uh he comes up behind me this danny character and he pushes my hip right he does the old push the old hip so that my waist goes into the urinal and my penis touches the porcelain of the Ooh. urinal uh not a cool move because this guy's been kind of a big deck for uh, going on two weeks at this point. How many venereal so, diseases did you? Yeah, right. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, you so would know by now. <laughs> he's like, oh, and he's like calling me a rookie or whatever. Uh, new guy is what he was calling me. <laughs> new guy. And I was like, look, dude, I'm fucking over it. I'm done. Like, you fucked with me enough. If I catch you again anywhere around here, I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to fuck you up. And he's like, oh, you're going to fight me? I was like, no, but I will fucking ruin your night. I promise you. Please don't fuck with me. So I leave the urinal. We go back out to the table. He immediately starts fucking with me. Oh, this guy's penis just touched the urinal. <laughs> How many fucking venereal diseases does he have now? Like, just shitting. And I was like, all right. Well, you know, strike five in this, at this point. Uh, later on in the night, we're at a different, we're at a different place. Um, maybe we're back at the Bellagio, I think. We're going through the casino. It was a casino. And um, I, we hadn't hung out with this guy. It's been hours. And I walk into the bathroom, and what do I see? Old Danny, hand on the wall. You know that drunk, you know that drunk pee when you're, you're holding onto the wall, you're looking straight up at the ceiling and you got that sway? You have no idea what's going on except the fucking warm flow of urine coming out of your dick that feels amazing. And that's all you're focused on. And that's where he was at at this point. He's just peeing, leaning up against the wall. And the only thing that came to my mind, the only rational thing to do to this guy was I snuck in behind him. I outstretched my arms and cut my hands like they're a cup. Like I'm about to sip water out of a sink. I cut my hands. I put it around in front of his penis. His urine flows from his penis into the palm of my hand. Once he figures out what's going on, he opens his eyes, looks down. I take the puddle of urine that's in my hands and I throw it all up into his face. I throw it right into his face. He now has urine dripping from his eyes. He's blinking. There's piss everywhere. He doesn't know if he's mad. He wants to throw up. He doesn't know what's going on. But his night's ruined at this point. He has his own urine all over him. I walk over to the, what do you call those, like a concierge or some shit? The guys, they like brush your teeth and shit in the bathrooms. Sure. I walk right over to him. My hands are just dripping in urine. He saw the whole thing. 
Um, I reach my hands out to like get my hands washed by him. He's just staring. Uh, he takes a little towel and he like pampers my hands and puts my hands up under the sink. He's just staring at me. Meanwhile, homeboy's just standing at the urinal with sh- piss all over his shirt and face. He has no idea to do. I, fl- I flick my hands dry. I don't even use the, the little towel that the guy has. I walk out and I go back to my table. Well, he comes out, folds me over the table, beats the shit out of me, punches me. <laughs> we both get thrown out. They're waiting on the cops. The funny thing was is those girls were there. And all the girl saw was some guy come out of the bathroom like a crazy person and beat the shit out of me. He did it tactfully. And so they tell the police and everything that this is that happens. So I get to go back into the Bellagio and rage. So the statute of limitations is all over. You can admit that you initiated that fight. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, I got to say, that wouldn't have been my thought process, which is why you're a savage and apparently I'm not. I wouldn't want someone else's piss all over my hands but i mean you're in sterile baby you can drink it sterile and you like the taste of it yeah. like ben stiller and dodgeball that's right i mean that's, so listen, that's one story, way to get them back the story doesn't even really end there so it, it months go by like probably two months go by and i'm on like rookie status and we we did this waterborne operations training exercise we're on these zodiac boats we're now back in florida and we're fucking driving these zodiac boats through all the swamps and we get back and i'm wearing jeans and a camouflage top which is completely out of regs but over there it was okay at the time and so i get a call and they say hey sergeant major wants to see you in his office i'm thinking shit man maybe i'm getting promoted finally so i show up to the sergeant major's office wearing my jeans and my my bdu top and I uh, knock on the door, and there's a fucking board of dudes in there. And I think one of them was a colonel. And I'm like, shit. And they're like, hey, stand outside and knock appropriately. So I back off the door, and I give it the big three knocks, the doom, doom, doom. Corporal Tanzi reporting is ordered, you know. Um, they're like, just stand by. And so I stand by outside in the hallway at parade rest, which I haven't been at parade rest in a hot minute. Um, I was still a special forces candidate at that time on break from, from language school. And, um, and so I've got my hands behind my back and I'm waiting to get called into the office and they call me in there and I'm on a probationary status. And they were like, Hey, so what's, so what were you told when you came back from the Q course and you came into here? What, what kind of status are you on? I said, probationary status. And they said, what's the one thing we said could get you kicked out of here faster than anything else? I said, a drinking related incident. They're like, yeah, have you had any? I said, no, absolutely not. And they're like, are you lying? I was like, I was not. No, no, I haven't. No, I don't. Fucking matter of fact, a couple, couple of weeks ago, went to Vegas, fucking lived it up, didn't get drunk at all while I was there. No strip clubs, didn't do anything. I was living my best life. Like, oh, really? So you did, nothing happened in Vegas? I was like, no, God, no, I didn't do anything in Vegas. And they're like, well, we've got a staff sergeant that says that there was an incident. Danny boy snitch on you? And I said, oh, are you talking about Danny? And they were like, oh, Oh, you didn't think we'd find out? And I was like, well, there's not really much to find out. And they're like, did you or did you not throw urine into his face? And I said, well, to be fair, Sergeant Major, first of all, that's not the whole story. It was his own urine. Let's be clear. It's, it was his urine, not mine. Which is, I don't know if that's better or worse. So he goes, what? You tell me what happened right now. And I told him the whole story. I said, I got to the urinal. The only thing I could think to do to get this guy back was to cup, cup his own urine. And I threw it in there. And so they're looking at me with this blank stare, and, I, and I'm trying to explain myself to a board of, of guys. There was my platoon sergeant, sergeant major, uh, the uh, acting first sergeant, uh, and a lieutenant colonel all sitting at the same table. And I'm trying to explain myself, and they're all looking at me like I'm a fucking idiot. And I'm like, guys, listen, like my penis touched a urinal that might have a thousand dicks. I mean, how many people pee a minute in Vegas? Like, I, I would say probably 25 people a minute pee in those urinals. So 25 times, you know, there's 60 minutes in a day. And I'm trying to like go through the math to see how many fucking 
people have peed in this urinal that my penis has touched. And finally, the sergeant major goes, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Did you or did you not throw some urine in another man's face? And I said, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I did. And I did. And he was like, get out of my office. And I left. And I never heard anything else about it ever again. I mean, I thought I was getting demoted. That's just boys being boys, right? Some would say. I thought so. (laughs) I think they just didn't believe the story and they wanted to hear it firsthand. Well, I bet they laughed their asses off when you left that room. They They fucking died. Yeah. They're like that dumb dick. Yeah. What a savage. What a fucking savage. He's built for this. I'm embarrassed that I just told that story in front of the great Dan Harlan. Matter of fact, midway through that story, uh, uh, Dan Harlan (laughs) walked up and listened to it. Dan, do you mind coming up here, homie? Like, this is such a surprise. This is absolutely surprising. Uh, Noel, can we get him a microphone? That would be dope. Um, this is totally we unexpected. Can, we had is no the idea. Best oh in the shit! No, you take mine. You're the greatest. Yes, no, you take on, no. Are you oh, serious? Right. Dan Harlan sitting on the floor in my presence. You listen. I'm a huge fan of yours. He's gonna get you a mic right here. This is so exciting. This is about the ex- most exciting part of today's show. Well, also to come full circle, your name's Dan, Danny Boy in the story, and guess who else is named Dan? Boston, Boston Joe's dad. Really? Yeah. Your dad's name is Dan. His name is Dan, and his birthday is coming up. Is your dad Dan Holloway? I wish my dad was Dan Holloway. <laughs> I don't know if Dan Holloway wished that, but uh, but I, I mean, wish not, Dan not was. Not that you're not, uh, you know, interesting and 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 you know, apparently a very uh, erudite and pleasant fellow uh, to hang around with, because <laughs> you are. I've been called worse. <laughs> but uh, but man, I don't need any more kids now. <laughs> I, I've just, I've never had any until just a couple of months ago, and then all of a sudden, I have kids. So um, <laughs> Dan Harlan is sitting with us right now. Listen, I I, I, I watched you on YouTube. I saw you on the Pitt and Teller thing. Um, I've watched all your, your stuff. I follow you on Instagram. I follow you on Facebook. You've got, you're, you're part of these massive magic societies. Look, I'm a, I'm a magic nerd. I don't do magic myself. I love to watch it. Um, I'm tricked by all of it. Um, I can't believe that I'm sitting next to you, man. This is great. This is dope. I, like, I can't believe I'm, I'm sitting next to the legend who threw a, who threw a man's own urine yeah. into his face. <laughs> yeah, well, we all got to be known for something. It is the most genius thing I've ever, ever heard in my life. You are so forward-thinking. Yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> one way to look thinking. at it. That is definitely one I'm way. To, he's thinking. an innovator, one could say. Well, what's, what, what, what you got going on for St. Patrick's Day? You're just hanging out? Well, well okay. Uh, you know, we did the thing on Pi Day, and you're going to talk to uh, Sarah Elephant uh, yes. in, in a little bit. Uh, so we, we did that whole thing. Uh, at, Which I thought still, was going to be the last time I ever saw you. Because, uh, yeah, no, You know what? No, you came in. Not. You came you in. So you were all business. You were all business. You guys had a mission. It was so. You guys were here till midnight the night before uh-huh. setting it up. And you guys showed up. You were all business. You had clowns. Six hours of prep. There were dressing rooms, yep. and you were just like, I need time. I need you to go to here. And you had yep. it all locked down. You guys were all business. And I was like, wow, this is showing. This is what this is what famous people do. Like, this is why yeah. they're famous, because they're so fucking on it. I never thought I would see you again. I didn't even get a chance to talk to you and shake your hand. Uh, and, and, you know, because um, it was chaos. It was chaos. Of course it was chaos, because that's the thing. That so, so a total of eight hours of prep time here just to lay out the whole uh, event, because uh, it's like a racetrack of, of pies on pillars, you know, right. 102 pillars, uh, you know, going around here with pies on them and then 10 clowns have to come through and figure things out so everything's labeled numbered and 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 there are lines drawn and the whole thing so uh, that took eight hours of prep time just here and then 20 minutes to film it yeah 20 <laughs> minutes of just smashing pies, smashing pies with clowns did you fall i saw a couple people fall it got super people, slick a couple of people fell yeah got, there was a, there was pies everywhere quick. i mean how many yeah. pies did we crush uh well we crushed 101 pies 101 pies yeah. everywhere plus at the end i I think people were throwing pies. Yeah, well, we um, picked up pies that, yes, were, that okay. were partially crushed. So and there threw was them and there <laughs> was pie, 
everywhere on Pi Day. But what a show! What a you guys are the entertainers. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, then after that, twenty minutes of beautiful chaos, the, the cleanup, and I apologize so much. But oh uh, no, it was fun. Didn't it was just as fun. No. <laughs> yeah. Did not think. Oh, Two we have to clean this shit up at the end. Oh my! <laughs> but then here you guys are. You 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 are walking through the door on St. Patrick's Day, and I would, did not expect to see you. And I'm so glad you we came, came in. We came to check on you to make sure that you were okay because of what happened. Oh <laughs> man, I would do. Listen, it was the highlight of my week. It was the highlight of my year to be able to say that Dan Harlan crushed 100 pies. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I, I would fucking would, I would have expected you guys just to walk the fuck out and uh, be done with it. I mean, you guys are the stars of the show, so I, it was no problem off my back. To, to clean it up. Uh, I was told I had to dress like a clown, but I showed up and then I was told now be the music man. you had man. talent. You had talent. That's the thing. <laughs> I guess so. You're that's like, what uh, you like, call it. Every, everybody else, like like this guy over here, uh, you know, he's a clown. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's his talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nothing much for me, man. Um, look, you, you're, you're a wonderful magician, right? And you're well known all over the place. Um, what was it like being on Penn and Teller? Were you uh, I nervous? Loved it. No, you know I wasn't nervous uh, because I had I'd already performed in Vegas many times. I was I had lived in Vegas for about six or seven years. I performed at Caesar's Magical Empire, and if anybody had ever been to that installation, they'll they'll remember it. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So I performed there uh, over that time, uh, and then I I had moved on and moved to. California and then a lot of different things that I was doing throughout the world. Um, but Penn and Teller know me and I know them. I used to okay. hang out over at Penn's house, uh, which was which is kind of cool, cool place. Uh, so was there like kind of like a like not nepotism because you're not related, but like was there a sense of there's like eh, these guys know me? Like, yeah, there's camaraderie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, magicians of a certain uh, level and ilk. We we appreciate what what each other do, and that's why that show's so good because Penn and Teller get to see some of the world's most famous magicians that. Other people don't know are famous because right. magicians are famous to magicians, mm. sure, <laughs> you know, generally sure. speaking. Uh, so, so they get to see some of the world's most famous magicians do the best magic in the world. And Penn and Teller just absolutely love that. And then if they happen to be fooled, they love it even more. It's, yeah. that, it's that kind of thing. Oh, you can see their excitement like when, yeah. the, when you fooled them. Uh, the look <laughs> on their face was, like, you could tell. Like, that was, oh, yeah. No, I, they I were like, actually, holy I had, shit. I had never seen Penn look so childlike with such childlike wonder in his eyes at that moment uh, where his jaw just drops he has no control did you anymore. know did you know that that was going to be the trick uh, and he and he said wow like wow 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 yeah. or something yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well i got adorable I, I gotta ask so like you know magicians are you guys showing each other like oh look what i learned how to look what i can do here's a trick to impress other mag magicians which is you know one thing to actually impress someone like penn from penn and teller yeah. i can only like imagine like hey I, I thought of this riff jimmy page what do you think of it and he gives me the thumbs up like sure. that's the ultimate like that is that is and, that, and yeah. that's what that's like uh you know uh, and and when you have idols in magic and penn and teller are among uh, my idols you know way at the top of of people that i admire and respect uh, when you have them and and they're not only complimentary about what you've done but they also are reduced to the point where they just have to have to feel the wonder that a person outside of magic feels all the time. When a magician performs for someone, I hope that they feel that surprise and wonder. Yes. And to do that for my idols, it, it was it was such a great thing to do. And and kind of along what it's you kind of like asking, me disappointing my father. Like, well, that's what bit, I live for. It, you, know? you know, it would. Uh, yeah. Instead, I'm actually trying to impress them. So I think I need to talk to you about that. You know. <laughs> so that's what it's like. It's like impressing your father, your father figure. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know all about that. <laughs> well, no, no. But what I'm saying is that you know the people that you look up to. If yeah. you get a chance to meet them and 
and you do something for them, they will be impressed. Yeah, that's like when Joe Rogan watches this and he hits me up. He's like, Joe, you did an awesome job. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Thanks, Joe Rogan, for for complimenting. Shout out to Joe Rogan. I know he's out there listening. It means so much to all of us. Now, maybe this is a stupid question because I'm I'm a layman when it comes to magicians, but you know, if if I showed Jimmy Page a riff that I played on the guitar, he'd probably know how to do it. So do even though you you make someone like Penn be like whoa that's fucking cool uh-huh. do they kind of know how you did it do they ask how did you do that or you guys don't even go there no there are times that that you will kind of fool somebody with a little bit of of something that you do or they're not quite familiar with the technique exactly the same way so I mean the varying varying levels of of being able to be deceived by something, especially if you've been in the business a long time. Same thing with music. If you've been in the business a long time, you've seen and played and thought about a, a lot of it. But you might still be surprised by something that somebody sure, sure, does and yeah. go, I'm not quite sure how that, how that actually is done. <laughs> you know, yeah. there might be that. But since uh, magic is a mystery art, there is more of, of that uh, deception, subterfuge, you know, all, all of those kinds of things going on. Uh, there's uh, psychology. So there are levels of it that are non-physical, mm. that that's where the real work is happening. Yeah, that's <laughs> where the know? magic happens, right? Yeah, I, mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I always like to say that, um, that even though magicians are known for making something out of nothing, uh, we often make nothing out of something. And by that, I mean that we're actually working really hard, but we don't want you to notice it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> that's know? the sleight yeah. of hand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah that's, that's l- let me about. ask you about David Blaine. Because sure. a friend, I believe a friend of yours, a friend of the show, Joel Givens, calls yep. him David Lame. But I, <laughs> I, think, I think David Blaine's pretty fucking cool. Now, he does obviously the card tricks and the magic, the st- you know, stereotypical magic, but he's also doing sort of extreme stuff, right? Yeah, sure. Pushing the body to its limits. Again, on Rogan, I saw him, you know, put like a um, ice pick through his arm. And then recently he did that thing with the balloons where he was like above where planes, you know, yep. fly, like I believe 30,000 feet. But he's up there, you know, freezing cold, just balloons yeah. just yeah, hanging yeah. there. So, yeah. you know, is that magic or is he just pushing the boundaries of what humans Here, are capable he, of? Pushing the boundaries. And, and that's where I gained uh, the most respect for him was that when he found a niche and that's mm. it, where nobody was doing this extreme endurance uh, kind of stunt and you're like, is it real? Isn't it real? Yes, it's got to be real. That, that, and, and he does do, a, I can't say 100% of everything that, that he's showing uh, like that is real, but I also can't tell you that it's not. Mm. Right, right, right. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, you know, but, there, but I can tell you that there is stuff, 100% that's real. That's right. real that he's doing. That, that, are, that are these, some of them are based on ancient stunts. Some of them are, are great ideas that are modern. Um, but that's what he's the best at mm. because he is a mysterious stranger. And that was like his first uh, special, you know. So, uh, or whatever it was, the first one that mattered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is that early on when he was just doing card tricks and, and just doing, you know, the stuff that, that magi- uh, the coin trick, some of the things that became really, really big, that was all because he was the right guy with the right attitude in the right place at the right time with yeah. the right skills. Mm-hmm. So you can't be down on him. Right. But honestly, he played the, the skills was the least of what he needed. Yeah. It was the right guy, right time, right place. He references you know? Houdini a lot as someone he looked up to. I know that's probably almost cliche amongst magicians to reference Houdini. But who's, who's like your... Houdini, who's your number one guy uh, yeah. that you, or so, girl? Man, num- number number one uh, for me 
mm, it, it's it, it's such a challenge because I, because I've drawn inspiration from so many different yeah, sources. So, of course. So maybe I'll mention like three or four number ones go for ahead. me. Go for it. So I'm going to go way back to Doug Henning. You guys remember Doug Henning at all or ever seen anything I about don't. him? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So Doug, Doug Henning was the first uh, guy in the modern world on TV that broke the mold of the magician. So he wasn't wearing a suit or a tuxedo or anything like that. He was wearing spandex, <laughs> rainbow outfits with sequins and sparkles. Like the David Bowie of magicians? <laughs> yeah, David Bowie yeah. of magicians, exactly. But he had big uh, frizzy hair and these buck teeth. Hilarious, huh. but so fun. You know, he was filled with childlike wonder. So he was fantastic. And then when uh, David Copperfield came along, mm -hmm. and he really put the suave back into it, you right. know, and it was super cool. And, you know, he had the eyebrow raise yes, and the whole yes. thing, you know. It was really really good so so I so I definitely uh, loved what he was doing um, and then uh, there's there's other people that you may not have seen that are so popular people like uh, Lance Burton with his Dove Act out in Las Vegas or my friend Jeff McBride with his mask act these are guys that put together manipulation acts that last about seven minutes Right. And, and they go on to these programs, you know, where, where as a variety show, you know, variety mm -hmm. show or that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and they do a spot. And it's that same seven minutes over and over again. But it's so strong. Right. It's such a strong seven-minute spot in this show that it's so powerful. You're like, oh, my gosh, I've seen a full magic show in seven minutes. Yeah. So these guys, I, I really yeah. respect uh, Look, what, so what so they so have so done. You're, so you're well. all about, like, your seven-minute spot, right? And, there's, yeah. uh, and this, oh, let me give you a seven-minute spot. Mm -hmm. Let me give you a seven Is this putting you on the spot or not? Not at all. Not Could at you, all. Can you produce? We're going to give you, it doesn't even have to be seven minutes, but I, this is your show right now. Oh, cool. <laughs> entertain us. Yeah. Because your segment, baby. Oh, I'd love to entertain what you, got? you. Yeah, all right. So you got here, a trick? Look, I do. I have something for you. You know, I, I said that with confidence because I knew he fucking you know, would. You know, you know I, I knew he fucking Almost would. like you know what you're doing. Yeah, Almost do, like I, I know do. what I'm doing. Almost. But, but here's the, here's Sleeves the are coming up. Part, oh, boy. Because, uh, this, you know, By the way, uh, I'll go ahead and give you this plug. Possible solutions. Go sure, on. I'm going to go ahead and give you this plug. If you're not following us on YouTube, uh, now's the time to hammer the like button. Hammer the like button <laughs> over on YouTube, on uh, on on um, Spotify, iTunes, I'll or go, any podcast. I'll stand up here. That's good. Give us a review. That's what keeps this show alive. Is that five star review on pot, on Spotify and those likes on YouTube? We are in comments. Comment. In comments. Yeah, we want to hear the comments. Talk about we how stupid we look. Whatever you yes, want to say, just yes, comment. Yes. Yep. <laughs> We love, we love the feedback, positive or negative. First comment, I will advantage. throw urine in your face for the first comment. <laughs> All right, here we go. You're ready. You are ready. I am. I am totally ready. And uh, Eric, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm right, gonna he's tell got you. a napkin in his hand. That's right. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you a little story. Uh, you're, yep. I mean, you're familiar. You've seen a, a ton of uh, bar napkins. So yes. this is just another one. There's nothing else there. That's why I put my sleeves up. Uh, because this story is very simple. And I don't want you, I don't want you to be confused by anything extraneous. Okay. Uh, the story goes like this. And it's a true story. Okay. Uh, when I was very young, my mother and I were sitting on the back porch of my family's house, and the full moon was just rising up over the horizon. My mom told me that the moon and the stars and all of the planets have magical properties, and I still believe that to this day. Now, what I'm going to do with this uh, napkin is to fold it in such a way that with a single tear, I can make a picture of the full moon. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to do it with one tear, a perfect circle, with a single tear. It's kind of like origami. But because I'm tearing it, I guess you could call it terrible origami. <laughs> now, I wouldn't do that because that's ridiculous. Sure. 
but you could do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to leave those pieces connected. Do you see how they're still yeah. connected there in the center? I do. Just uh, reach over and pinch onto the center like that so that you know it's still the connected. That's okay. perfect. No, no, hold on. Oh, hold on to it. Okay. Yeah, hold on. And we'll tear it off together. So okay. you know it came right out of the center yep. of this napkin. Now, yep. don't lose that. Okay. Let me just check to see if I've been able to make a perfect circle with a single tear. And I have. Oh, he's got a perfect <laughs> circle it is. in the middle a perfect of circle. the napkin. Right? With a single tear. Uh, yeah. Do you see the man in the moon? <laughs> That's me. He stuck it's his a, face in the circle. It's a dumb joke. <laughs> it's a great joke. <laughs> well, all right, thanks. I appreciate it. Because <laughs> I understood it. That's why it's a great joke. Oh, yeah. Joke. Well, yeah. most right. jokes go right over my head. I got that one. That's only because you're short. No, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> he, is, he certainly is now. Sorry, Tansy. <laughs> while you're down there, let yeah, me ask right, you if yeah. you can throw yeah. some urine up here. Yeah. Yeah. While, while you're <laughs> that, on your knees. That doesn't fit with this trick. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on my knees for Dan Harlan. That's how much I like him. Tansy's at his best on his knees. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try to get this back, because this is supposed to be a beautiful, charming sure. story. You could probably yes, tell, couldn't yes, you? Oops. Right. Couldn't Sorry, you? It's we hard were... to tell a story about your mother when I'm on my knees. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, well, if you knew her. <laughs> so, <laughs> So as, <laughs> so, so as I was saying, okay. I love hanging with you. I really do. <laughs> Good. Most people don't. <laughs> yeah, so, so as I was saying, uh, my mom and I, my sure, beautiful, sure. my yes, beautiful, yes. Uh, uh, you know, pristine mother yeah. and I were sitting on the, the back porch, right? right. Now, wow. uh, she had told me that, uh, that the moon and the stars and all the planets uh, were, were uh, magical. Okay. You know? And I noticed that just to the side of the moon, the first star was coming into view. And I said, if they're all magical, well, what about that first star? She said, it's the most magical of all. And okay. she taught me a poem, and it goes like this. You know it. Starlight, star bright, first star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might have this wish I wish tonight. And I wished that I could do magic. And Eric could be on his knees. And my okay. wish came true. Holy shit. The napkin is gone. <laughs> now, did you absorb it into your skin? <laughs> <laughs> this is the guy why I, I love fucking magic. Yeah, this is <laughs> now, I, I, I will admit to you that uh, although uh, I'm glad I made that wish, there, there is a wish that I, that I thought of too late. It wasn't okay. until I was much older. May I see the circle from the center of the napkin that yes. you've been holding the whole time? Yeah, I've never let this thing go. And I'll show you what I should have wished for. You see, I should have wished to be like that star. Get out of here. That little piece. Stop it. No. Because then I could have all the wishes I wanted. Oh my and God. I could give people whatever they wish. And you stop. may have this star so that you what? may have whatever you wish within oh, reason. Look at that. I wish to have my foreskin back. Um, you're going to have to sign this for me later, and I'm going to frame it. That was incredible. Wow. Uh, if, you, if you're not on YouTube, get on YouTube. That was uh, scary. God, that's why I love magic, right? Because it is, it's, it's scary, but it's fun. Um, well, you, you mentioned a childlike wonder when you were referring to some of your favorite m magicians, and, and that's really what it's about, right? And, you know, we try to be a sports show at least, and there is a, a childlike wonder to sports as well, and that's why I think there's a magic to sports as well. When, you know, they're obviously completely different fields, but they kind of go hand in hand with the sense that they're both, they're both seated in yeah. childlike wonder. Yeah. Because, you know, as, as 
fake athletes like me. You grow up, <laughs> you grow up aspiring to be real athletes, right? And that's always that childlike wonder. You're playing a child's game. And even, you know, someone who can throw a baseball and make it cut and break or throw it at 100 miles an hour, a, a perfect spiral on a football, that's a form of magic. It is. You know it, what I mean? it absolutely is. And, and that's a mastery of a craft turned into an art. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it is very much like, like magic. But also, part of that art, when you see that perfect spiral, when you, when you, when you have a hero that, that is in sports, is that you feel like you're in that same position. You feel like you've thrown the football through them because you're supporting their endeavors. And it, and it helps you to, to go, you know, I have this wonder about this, this beautiful thing that's, that somebody else is accomplishing, yeah. and I'm part of it, you Absolutely. Know, connected to it. And, and that's a hard connection to make, but that's also what I strive for when I perform magic. Now, not, not all magicians do that. I, I just have my particular style. I want the audience to feel like they've really been a part of what's happened. And this, this one, I think, is a good demonstration. It is. With, it's where it's Eric, incredible. You, I love it. I'm something. wild. Yeah. It's fun, and yeah. I get to take it home with me. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you go on the road. Like, you're, you're pinned to your teller, your cohort, your cabinet, whatever you want to call it, is Sarah Elephant. That's what that's she goes right, by. That's right, yeah. You, what yeah. is your Instagram handle really quick? Well, I'm, I just look up Dan, Dan Harlan, Harlan Magic. Yeah, you it's, can find you anywhere. You know, You're easy. Dan Harlan hers, Magic. hers is Sarah Elephant. Yeah, which Elephant, is, which is an interesting way to spell it because that's her name, so it's uh, she'll tell you all about it. She'll, oh, she'll sure. Spell it off Would you mind, here, I mean, because she is here, yeah. um, and she's one of the greatest minds, uh, photographic memories, uh, yeah. how often do you get to meet someone with a photographic memory? Mm -hmm. Now, here we have her, and she's got some big things up and coming, I think, that we briefly talked about it. Um, I'm going to get her up there, and then we're going to have the food come out because it looks like I can smell the food. Stick around and have some food with us. I think there's plenty of it. Um, Dan, again, thank you so You're, much, sir. You are so welcome. Thank you, You're guys. Amazing. And uh, there, there's nobody I'd rather listen to than Sarah, so I'm going to yes. enjoy this. While Sarah's <laughs> making her way up here, our sponsors today, Instill Distilling Company, makers of the finest craft rum in the United States. Now available all over Florida. They're in Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa, St. Petersburg, North Carolina. We are from the mountains all the way to the beach uh, in North Carolina. So huge shout out to Instill Distilling Company. Also go whiskeyware.com. That's whiskeyware, W-A-R-E, whiskeyware.com. Promo code LEGENDS, all capital letters. Get you 10% off on any customizable or featured premium whiskey glass available. If you wanted to get Sarah Elephant on a glass with some magic cards or some or uh, pie elephant. numbers <laughs> or an elephant, $19.95 on whiskeyware.com. Promo code LEGENDS gets you 10% off. There's no minimum order required. You can order one. You can order two, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, but they start at $19.95 and they go down from there. Uh, I love their glassware. I have a few myself. We have a couple of drinking bros custom glasses. I think that they're uh, actually going to get sold on this, this drinking bros store whenever it gets up and going. But Sarah, thank you for sitting through us yeah. on that little sponsor shout out. Well, uh, I'm going to have to get myself a glass now. I you didn't know to. I could do they're, this. They're this wonderful. very worth it. They're wonderful because whenever you're sitting at home and you're drinking after, like we have one that my wife's maiden name is Davidson, right? She's part of the Davidson clan. It's a Scottish thing. They're all really into it. And so she drinks her bourbon or her rum every night out of a glass. It's got the Davidson clan crest on it. I was an airborne paratrooper. Thank you for my service. Um, but I drink, I'm just kidding. I drink one with a parachute on it because, uh, because I'm everywhere. Uh, Boston Joe drinks out of one that just says, I wish I had a dad, is what it says Aww. on his glass. I wish I had a father. No, it says, thanks, mom. <laughs> it says, thanks, mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Sarah. Yeah. Tell me about yourself. One, 
What are you? Well, <laughs> I'm an amonist. What are an amonist. So I actually don't have a picture perfect memory. Okay. I have no better memory than you oh. or you or any of y'all. Well, I have a kind of shitty memory. Oh. They're like regular things. Okay. What I do is I take these mnemonic principles and just to pause for a second. Mnemonic starts with an M, but it's silent. A lot of people call them mnemonics, and I'm on a quest to let people know that it's mnemonics. Okay, mnemonics. Mnemonics. I didn't and know so what any are, of it is. These so. are techniques that have been around for thousands of years, and it's art that teaches you how to translate information visually which is the way that our brains take in information. Okay. When you're born, you aren't born knowing how to talk or how to write or how to read. Sure. But you take in your world visually. Right. So if we can translate what we need to know into pictures. Okay. And then make those pictures crazy and weird and wild. So okay. like really graphic. Then your brain is going to hold on to those things. Okay. So I spend my time writing crazy stories that teach things like 500 places of pie. Right, right, yeah. which is what you showed us um, this weekend on Pi Day where you, you cited... And we went through 100. 100 uh, from, your, from memory. You were blindfolded. Yes. Um, and you had clowns smashing, and, it, and this was all done live on Facebook and it and was Instagram. done, translated, the numbers of Pi were translated into Pies, so I wasn't calling out Pi, I was calling out Pies in the order of Pi. Yeah, it was insane, and you did all from yeah. memory. Listen, I was just as nervous watching you do that because, I mean, I tried to memorize the Ranger Creed, right? We have some of us in the military, we've, we, we had to, to memorize this creed, um, and I still to this day know it, um, but I remember that anxiety um, in the schoolhouse watching because you, if you didn't get the Ranger Creed perfectly correct, you could not eat. And so you, oh. you had the guy in front of you, and he would be reciting the Ranger Creed, and he would fuck it up. And then, you know, you would watch him go. And, and so you always had this anxiety, not for yourself to memorize it, but for your buddy to memorize it. Yeah. And so when I was watching you, I had that same anxiety. I'm like, wow, we're only like half, you know, we're, we're into like the 20th digit or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, when is she going to fuck this up? Or <laughs> and then sometimes you would have like a 30 second pause where you're just, and I'm just like, oh, it's fucked. The She's wheels are turning. And, well, She's and done. part of that was because I wanted to do it live. I didn't yeah. want. So I have this download no coming out that teaches, I have a version that for performers that teaches you how to perform essentially Wait, you what have I did. So what, what is it coming out? It's an ebook. Okay, you have a book coming out a that, book coming that out teaches you how to do that? How to memorize pi. So I also have a v version for laymen that teaches you how to memorize pi, but it's through crazy pictures. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care how good your book is. I don't think I could do that. You think I could? Oh, yeah. Well, you're, you were a clown, so I'm giving a copy to all of my clowns. Oh, shit. And I totally know you can. Like, you really well, can. Well, now I have to do it. Because yeah. I want to what prove. about the musician who was there playing some You know tunes? what? I think I could probably get a copy <laughs> to the musician who like, was there playing Who doesn't like free music. stuff? Yeah. yeah. cheap bastard. Yeah. If this musician promises that he'll use it. Of course. And then we'll put it up on our table every, yeah. every time we have a show. we got to add to the collection of books Yeah, we, that we, we, we used usually to have. have. We used to have, like, a collection of books <laughs> up here. But because uh, it's St. Patrick's Day and everything was really rowdy in here earlier, and then we had to, like, clean out and then get ourselves in. Then we got a band, like, a full band coming to set up after us. We just kept it simple today. Yeah. But so you got this ebook coming out. It's going to teach you how to do the whole pie thing. When did when did you discover this? What brought this on? So I grew up 
learning this way. When I needed to memorize the 50 states, my dad and I went through, and like Minnesota looks like a mini soda can. So I picture <laughs> yeah. a little mini soda. In mm. Idaho, I picture a bag of potatoes that have had a, a, a hoe took a chunk out of it. Oh. And so I went through and made these images that look like the states. So that's how I grew up thinking, hmm. and I didn't realize that what my dad had taught me was this system of mnemonics that have been around since pretty much the dawn of humankind because that's how we used to keep information when yeah. we didn't have right. writing. Now let me ask you real quick, do you think every, I'm, I'm not saying this is incorrect what you're saying, I believe uh -huh. you, but do you think everyone's brain is the same where everyone can learn this way or do you think everyone's brain kind of works differently where it works better for you, where so, it might not work for Tansy or me? So when I so about eight years ago, I was reading a magic book, and I discovered something called the Amazing Memory Test. And it was the first time I had run into mnemonics. And basically it said, if you learn this, you'll know how to memorize a list of 30 objects thrown at you randomly, and you can call them back in any order. And I was like, oh, this is the way I grew up learning. I didn't realize. And that's when I discovered mnemonics. Okay. And so I have had so many people that have never learned this way that have picked up these systems and have started thinking in images and pictures and song hmm. and dance. And they, this is how they are learning. Interesting. Because Interesting. really what's happened is we, everyone used to learn this way. Memory was the pillar of what we did. Mm -hmm. And right. art was surrounding that. And performance and ritual and ceremony, that was all part of how you remembered stuff. Yeah, you were in Catholic school. You had to memorize all those Bible verses and everything. Yep. How'd yeah. that work out? Well, you me? know, the Bible actually <laughs> was organized for mnemonics. Not really? To, yeah. It, because that's the reason they broke it into chapters and verses, and verses was those yeah. chapters and verses would have mnemonic cues that would then help whoever was oh. reciting it to say. This seems like something like a must-read for teachers out there. Oh, well, it's a must-read for everyone because yeah. it really is life-changing. I've had I've worked with kids who thought they couldn't learn, they couldn't do anything, and so they were give you know had given up on school. And then we walked around the neighborhood, and I taught them quickly how to imagine certain things happening on our walk. And then all of a sudden, he knew all of the presidents of the United States. Right. And so from that, it's like oh. Well, if I can learn the presidents of the United States in order, I can learn anything. Yeah. And so, really, for me, it's one, it almost makes me angry that we, right, what right. does make me angry sure. that like so many people have lost this because it is so fun. I mean, yeah. I draw paintings of sub sandwiches pooping all over towers. Like, I mean, and, and, yeah, and this helps you is, remember what? Help, <laughs> well, actually, sub is S, which is like a five, B is like an eight. P for poo is like a nine. So that is five, eight, nine, which is your 10th, 11th, and 12th digit of pi. Oh, oh wow. Shit. It all, all ties back to pi. Yeah, all it? ties back to pi. Pi's been on my mind. I, I can't imagine why. No, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Cause you <laughs> Look, it was so crazy <laughs> watching that. Like, uh, my, my level of anxiety was so intense that day. Oh, yeah, back to what and you, you said. So you did you, great. Uh, it I was had, fantastic, man. I had it never was... gone through it blindfolded. I didn't want to have, like, you know, all these rehearsals. I wanted it really to be, like, the challenge of we're yeah, doing we didn't rehearse. We, we, we rehearsed fakely how to destroy the pies. Yes, it, um, but we didn't watch you do your stuff. Yeah. Dan took, um, took everyone through, you know. Listen, and that what, what was incredible about that thing. Noel, we always joke, he's, he's, Noel's a producer of our show, and we're always, like, getting ready for the show, and it's all about time, and we're trying to get the cables right and the lights right and everything like that. Uh, your production, 
you guys went to the 10th second. We were like, he was like, give me the 10 second mark. And we're all like 10. You were like nine, eight. And literally he was filling the last pot. Yes. My anxiety level that day has never been so high in my life. I, I remember being like two minutes before this thing was supposed to go live to thousands of people and me going, there's not even one fucking pie here. Where are the fucking pies? There's supposed to be a hundred pies. And literally with like two minutes to go, he was like, some guys in here with like hands and there's people filling pies, a hundred pies in, in two minutes. It was all the way to the second. It was so fun. And then you come out because you had been kind of like tucked away. You come out in this elephant costume brilliant uh, <laughs> sarah elephant um you come out you stand in the middle and i'm going who how the fuck are the camera because the camera crews that you don't know this but they were rehearsing following you but you weren't even there and i'm like what if she steps to the left what if she steps to the right my anxiety was fucking through the roof but i was like fuck it, it ain't my show if she's embarrassed it's on her uh and you fucking rocked it there was pie shit everywhere um i had an absolute blast it was a pleasure I'll do you do you participate in st patrick's day at all you got the green hair that's why i asked yes and i'm wearing a green shirt under all of this but okay. like i didn't okay. know that we sure. were gonna do this today surprise we just to make sure surprise that. surprise do you and like shepherd's pie at all I you like well i was gonna ask pie. what's your favorite kind of pie hey. but you blew that chef tansy <coughs> we got some shepherd pie because this is a tailgating show so we always have food to go and to the show would you pie. and I it's pie and you're obsessed with pie could you bring up three pies for us honey um and this is my my beautiful wife here she's your the chef for today's show uh what would be say patrick's day without shepherd's pie honey if you'll drop those pies off then you'll come over here and share this microphone with me that would be dope oh uh, mint first this is a beautiful pie oh this is amazing now, uh, shepherd's pie isn't shepherd's pie unless it's made with lamb, and it's called cottage pie if it's not lamb. Was this made with lamb, honey, or was it uh, made with beef? It was made with lamb. Oh, shit. Are you serious? Yeah. You made this with lamb? I did. Um, wow, so it's, it's real shepherd's pie. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to go right into the mic Yes, there. it's I'm real shepherd's pie. Get real close, you two. Um, I started by sauteing onions and carrots with a little... <laughs> Oil and garlic, salt and pepper. I added the lamb, browned it, drained it, and then we added flour and tomato paste and some other stuff to thicken it up. And then I put that in the bottom of a baking dish and then made some Kerrygold-style mashed potatoes to go on top. Had to use the Irish butter instead of the French butter this time. <laughs> <laughs> because you are, uh, you are as French as it gets when it comes to this, but you also have a Scottish last name. Um, but you love the Celtic culture. Was it fun to cook this dish? Yes, it was fun, and I liked tasting it as I went along. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is absolutely incredible. It's I can taste all the flavors. The lamb is delicious. It really gives it that pop. Can you taste the lamb? You can really taste amazing. the lamb. It's uh, incredible. And the Kerrygold butter. What are your plans for St. Patrick's Day today? Um, I'm going to run the bar here at Instill and make <laughs> a bunch of different green drinks for everybody. <laughs> can I just say, though, that, I mean, Ross and Jesse are the power couple of drinking bros. You can't argue that. But these two right here are a power couple for drinking bros. Unreal. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry a about lucky that guy. story. I'm sorry about that story I told about the uh, the girls in the hot tub. I didn't technically cheat on you because we were only dating. We weren't married. <laughs> um, but anyway. Tansy confessional. So much, so. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and again, why she's so awesome is because she puts up with that, ladies and gentlemen. That's really good. Pie. This is amazing. Isn't it an amazing pie? Yes. Is this your, your new favorite pie? Forget the numbers. Uh, yeah. I want the food. Well, I'm sitting here being very disappointed that Shepherd's Pie wasn't one of the pie choices that I use. Next year. There's always a next year. There is always a next year. <laughs> we'll have to throw in Shepherd's Pie in there, Wait too. For when does this book that? come out? When does this e-book come out? Um, so Talk it actually is going to be up on my website tomorrow. 
What is your website? We'll, we'll try to plug this yes. up on the oh. uh, YouTubes. So, and back to my name, Sarah SarahElephant.com, okay. which essentially comes down to Sarah Elephant with an extra L. Okay. So, S-A-R-A-H-E-L-L-A-P-H-A-N-T. Elephant with the extra L. With the extra L. And there, and now I have an image of an elephant. Which, now, when I see you, I see an elephant, which makes me remember, your name's Sarah Elephant. And the H Fant. kind of goes into the elephant, so it's Sarah Elephant. Is the elephant your spirit animal? You pretty much didn't have a choice with um, that name, Actually, right? the narwhal is my the spirit narwhal, animal. Yeah. You know, yeah. again, the full circle thing... Are you familiar with the movie Elf? Uh, yes. Do you remember when he's like, bye, buddy, hope you find your dad? Yeah. Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. Do yes. you know how many times I've gotten, bye, Joe, hope you find your dad? No. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. <laughs> and, and on the dartboards, it says Narwhal. We were noticing that oh, earlier. Oh, shit. Yeah, Narwhal everywhere. The Narwhal is like the, um, the unicorn of the ocean. Yes. Um, right? Yeah. Well, in the Narwhal, it's not, it's, it's not a horn. It's a tooth. Oh, is that and what it is? And it's constantly growing. And so it's constantly like breaking through the skin. Wouldn't that be dope as fuck if all our wisdom teeth, instead of having to, if they just grew out the side of our the fucking of our faces, mouth. like fucking like a, like a yeah. warthog or Why something? Why would that be like good? Fucking sweet. <laughs> that would not be good Because nobody likes to get their shit pulled, asshole. I fucking hate getting wisdom teeth pulled. Yeah, that wasn't <laughs> fun. Yeah, I had, a, I had a bad time with that, too. But, I actually you know. did have a fifth wisdom tooth growing into my sinus cavity. Which you is are funny. special, aren't you? Like <laughs> you had a, I have five baby teeth right now. <gasps> I swear to God. Oh, I Jesse Wiseman has baby teeth. I just spit on you. I'm it's so sorry. Okay, at least it wasn't pee. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> she heard that story. That's um, a good story. No, but I, uh, I, went, I go to the dentist all the time. And anytime I go to a new dentist, like if I move, they always get all like uh, crazy. And they're like, oh my God, you got five baby teeth. Like we need to pull those and get the other ones to come down. But I had one dentist um, in, in Florida. And he said, if those teeth don't hurt you, I'm not going to pull them down because there's no guarantee that the other ones will come down yeah. so if i pull the baby teeth out if they're there and they're healthy it's fine it's it's a uh, uh the, all the doctor every time i go we do the x-rays we have to do second x-rays i tell them they don't believe me they're like oh my god how is this happening how have you not lost these teeth but yeah i've got five baby teeth you that really that are a man tiny? child i am I, I don't know what it is <laughs> are they tiny uh i don't think so i, I mean I, I feel like i got a nice yeah, want me to yeah, knock them out I for you i don't i can't sit there and say oh that's a baby tooth. Yeah. that's a baby i, I don't know idea. i can't tell so yeah. my teeth don't bother me they don't hurt so i just leave them right there in place um, and it was actually when I joined the military, I told them, I was like, look, I've got five baby teeth. They did the x-rays. <laughs> like they're shark. like, we're going to pull these fucking things out. Why did you have to tell the military that? You have to, cause you have to do full dental records and they love to pull teeth when you join the military. Really? They don't want anybody to have, they want anybody to have teeth problems. So they yank everybody's teeth out, right? When you join the military. Teeth problems. Yes. They don't want anybody to, cause you can't get a toothache downrange. So the first thing they do is you go through dental. Um, you get shots first and then you go to dental and then dental, they usually just pull anything that looks funky. They pull it out. So for me, I had to beg for a private, um, a secondary opinion from a private doctor. I, I went to a private doctor. I said, look, I've got a private doctor in Jacksonville, Florida who has let me, he's been my child dentist. And he has said, I'm not going to fuck with those unless they bother you. Yeah. So do you sc- still go to a pediatrician too, since you got the baby teeth Oh, geez. and they give you a little lollipop every time and a yeah. sticker? Yeah, there we you go. You did so good, little Eric. You well, got a I'll let you have that one from all the dad jokes. I know, <laughs> right? I mean, come on. You're like a shark. It's kind of yeah. cool, Dumb you know? Dumb. And if something happens to one of your teeth, maybe another one will grow in. But if it doesn't, you got two Maybe teeth. it'll be a fucking shark's tooth. 
Or maybe it'll be a narwhal horn that I can stab Boss and Joe in the dick with <laughs> for making all those stupid jokes. Listen, yes. we're going to close up this show in just a second. What's, uh, we got anything sportsy that uh, we yeah, need to we know got about? Yeah, pl- we got plenty of sports things. I don't know how much you sports, you but better I, hurry I, up. I sports. Yeah. I better hurry up. Am I on a, I do memory sports. Am I on a time, time mm. frame here? No. Um, well, with sports, right? Yeah. Drinking Bros Sports. Tailgate Legends. Tailgate Legends, where we tailgate with legends. Um, there's a lot of movement in the NFL right now. It's free agency. Um, some would say that it's the most exciting part of the NFL season. Some would say it's not. But there's been a lot of movement. I'll go through it pretty quickly on all the big names that are going back and forth. I'll start with my division, the AFC East. Uh, you got the Bills picking up Emmanuel Sanders. That's going to be huge for Josh Allen. Jacoby Brissett, NC State, Wolfpack, former Patriot, being uh, the insurance for Tua Tungavailoa in Miami. And really the biggest winner in all of free agency, and I know it's what it's going to sound like that I just want to plug the Patriots here, but it's true. The Patriots and Bill went on a huge spending spree, which is so unlike them. Um, they re-signed Cam, which I don't know about that right now. But anyway, they signed Nelson Aguilar, and they signed two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Now, they haven't signed two tight ends and had two big-name tight ends on the roster since they had Gronk and Hernandez. So when I see Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, I just think one of these guys has to be a serial killer because the Patriots have a history of having, when they have two big tight ends, one of them happens to be a serial killer. They go into jail a tight end, they come out a wide receiver. Um, They also also picked up a lot of um, defensive players like Matthew Judon. Um, Corey Davis went to the Jets, so his career is over. That's where um, wide receivers and NFL players alike go to die. For their sure. career, they go to New York. J-E-T-S. Jets, 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 Jets. But the Jaguars from um, your native homeland. Yeah, I mean, they'll fuck it up, whatever they did. Well, they got Urban Meyer, right? His well, first big NFL experience. I'm sure. very curious to see how that's going to go. Yeah. Um, Nick Saban. Good for him going back to Florida, though. I mean, he did so sure, well with Sure, sure. I mean, he's definitely beloved there. Um, maybe Tebow can be, like, president of football operations down there with him. That would be cool. He can be I love, love Tim Tebow. He can be president um, of my heart. <laughs> I love fucking Tim Tebow, too. I do. But anyway, um, you know, Urban Meyer is there, so there's definitely going to be a, a complete culture change with the Jaguars. They have the first overall pick. It's pretty much set in stone. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. They had the most cap space going in the free agency. They signed guys like Philip Dorsett, Marvin Jones, Carlos Hyde, Shaq Griffin. Um, and really, Urban Meyer is getting his team together, which I think is why he went there in the first place. You have the first pick. He's got to change cap- the culture of Jacksonville. He has to. I mean, He's got to change it. I mean, the, That's the, a loser franchise from day it one. It was. It, it absolutely was. Um, and and Tom Coughlin proved that. Like minute yeah. he leaves, the fucking Super Bowl yeah. champion. Uh, I wish he never left. That way, the Patriots might have a couple more Super Bowls if he never went to uh, the Giants. But old Eli Manning. Um, speaking of, we talked about Jacoby Brissett, a former Wolf Pack player. Joe Tooney is also an NC State yeah. alum, and um, he left my team, the Patriots, and joined yeah. up with your boy Mahomes yeah, to um, help protect him because that's basically what led to the demise of the Chiefs um, this year in the Super Bowl. They couldn't protect Mahomes. You got to protect the quarterback. So they solidify that offensive line a little bit, picking up Joe Tooney. And then the Bears, right? So Russell Wilson has been talked about as being shipped somewhere else. The Seahawks were open to trade talks, another NC State Wolfpack player. And um, the Bears offered three first-round picks, a second, and two potential starters for Russell Wilson. They didn't get him. So they do what most people do, and they go with the uh, redheaded stepchild and Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton is going to be on the center for the Chicago Bears again. And honestly, a guy like that with the red hair that he has, I just love to see him playing, especially on St. Patrick's Day. I know there's a lot of Irish people out there with red hair. Um, But since we're talking about St. Patrick's Day, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
got signed by the the team formerly known as the Redskins. We'll call them the uh, Washington football team um, to to round off our NFL free agency minute of um, Ryan Fitzpatrick's day is what we're celebrating today. <laughs> but a little fun fact, St. Patrick wasn't even Irish. And I, I know that most people probably know that at this point. I who, don't. I don't. Who, Tell me. So he wasn't, he wasn't Irish, but instead he was kidnapped by Irish Raiders at 16. Oh, good for him. Right? He was then taken into captivity for six years, converted to um, Christianity, um, some old school form of Catholicism back then, I'm sure. And um, there's a lot of legends that surround St. Patrick, right, and all these different things, why do we wear green and the shamrocks and the thises and that's. Um, it was said that he drove the snakes out of Ireland. There are oh. no snakes in Ireland. Oh, shit. It's way too cold to have snakes in yeah, Ireland. Yeah, so it, it ended up really being a metaphor for what St. Patrick did was he was spreading Christianity in Ireland and getting paganism out of Ireland, wow. which is basically what he did. That was what made him you know, famous. Um, he died on March 17th, this day that was named St. Patrick's Day. Wow. And um, the three-leaf clover idea and the whole story behind that was that, um, you know, he used the three-leaf clover or the shamrock, whatever you want to call it, to symbolize, you know, the Holy Trinity, yeah. the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, whatever you believe in, that's what he did. And, um, of course, you know, they don't really celebrate St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. We know a couple Irish dudes, shout out to O'Sheen. They don't give a shit about St. Patrick's Day. But... Us stupid Americans do, and it yeah. just gives us an excuse to drink and party and just parade. Get fucked up because that's what we terrible do. Terrible life decisions. That's what us Americans which do. Which is what I'm really good at. So this is like my favorite day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, you know, this there's a bunch of cool Irish bands. You have like the kind of faux Irish bands, like the Dropkick Murphys. Get the fuck out. That's oh, real as shit. I mean, they're from shit. they're from I Quincy. Love them. They, Who gives they a fuck? Rock, they kick ass, they, oh, don't get me wrong. So it's Flogging Molly. Flogging yeah, Molly yeah, does too, but they're also from L.A. But, yeah, but they're not. He's originally <laughs> from England, I think. Uh, well, not really. Did a little. <laughs> if you do your research, maybe. But I do know someone who really is from from Ireland, and that's Bono. <laughs> oh, Bono. Bono is yeah. from yeah. from Ireland. I'm a Bono know, guy. I don't know. Like if, I don't know if Noel lost his um his microphone in this whole process, but. <laughs> Well, I, I wanted our producer, the best in the business, Noel, to tell his um, personal Bono story that he knows. But apparently Bono handed him um, a Guinness and a Jameson right off the bat. Case of Guinness and a bottle of Jameson. I mean, if that, that's about as Irish as it gets. It's yeah. almost cliche and stereotypical, yeah. but it turns out Bono is actually a really cool dude. So, um, you know, listen to your favorite, um, maybe Joshua Twee. Joshua Twee? Joshua Tree, <laughs> yeah. your, fav- your favorite U2 That's album That's that rum today. talking. When that rum kicks in, you fucking, you know what you're going to say here. next. I don't usually drink beers this dark, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's St. Patrick's Day. Tis the season, as Tis say. the season. Beware the Ides of March. Look, guys, uh, this has been another show of <laughs> another episode. There I go. There goes the rum talking right out of my fucking mouth. This has been Trigger Bro Sports Tailgate Legend Show. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's time to go get fucked up. It's time to go get wet at the Instill Bar. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, cheers. And I still haven't found what I'm looking for.